Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Mary Bolling. I would share a big bowl of Doritos any day of the week with you. It is so nice to be talking to you about Muffin Cone. It is nice to be talking to you, but I probably would not share at this point. I feel like I could just smash a whole bowl of Doritos myself. Haven't we all, though? Like, there must be parents out there who were sort of side-eyeing each other going, oh, man, like those COVID kilos are just too too real at the moment. (laughs) You can't um, drink, you can't do drugs, so you're just going to eat some nice food and feel. <laughs> Who can't drink? <laughs> what? To drink in lockdown? Oh, hopefully by the time you're hearing this, Melbourne is out of lockdown, <laughs> lovely friends. But, uh, yeah, it has been a long Dorito-filled and drunk lockdown where I've been sitting, but maybe not at your end, Kate. No, no, I mean, I don't know why. We just don't really drink together, eh? But also... I don't know, parenting with a hangover. How do you navigate yeah, no. that? Like the few times that I do, I feel amazing. <laughs> don't get me wrong because I'm just like, I've been out, I'm alive, uh, I've still got it. You know, these are all thoughts that run through my head. But I just day to day, like I don't know how you people function really with hangovers and small children. Well, actually, I must admit when I say I've been drinking, like I stumble to the end of the day, have one, and then go to bed at 8.30. So <laughs> it's technically still drinking, but, yeah, I still do not got it, I think, is the upshot of this story. Well, each makes a mean margarita. I'm looking forward to one as soon as this damn uh, lockdown's yeah. over. Anyway, uh, speaking, let's start this episode on a really fun note. The voice yes. of Trixie is uh, Miff Warhurst, as we know, amazing Australian uh music uh commentator legend mm. and general all-round great girl um, so she does things like commentates um eurovision is. <laughs> oh, it like that the top job yep and she Commentate. was like one of the um key figures on an abc show called spicks and specs yes which is back so she is back front and center on our tv screens outside of bluey as well yes triple j presenter um which is like the australian um national broadcaster youth radio station um yeah uh so many hats Mm. uh she was particularly proud to tweet i think after this episode uh that she'd been getting a lot of messages from folks who'd seen the muffin code episode Um, where her character Aunt Trixie can't stop eating chips. It wasn't a stretch to do this episode and I loved perfecting my acting method by eating all the twisties. So uh, (laughs) that is just everything about that tweet makes me happy. So, yep, (laughs) good place to start. Chips? Nah, I'm off the chips. Trying to eat healthy. Good on you. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the thing with this episode is that it's focusing on shame, essentially. And I mean, there's quite a few um, great pop culture references in there. But um, that message really shone through for me, Mare, was just, you know, um, you can't shame people into changing their (laughs) behaviour. Sorry to get deep really early. That is very true. But then on the flip side, I feel like there's a bit of you sort of saw that that message shining through. I sort of saw it casting dark shade over this episode that 
who is getting shamed? Um, a lot of the commentary on uh, socials around this episode and around Muffin generally, or Muffles, as we've now found out her uh, latest nickname is, um, is <laughs> is that she's insufferable, right? Yes. There is a very anti-Muffin kind of movement out there. Why? Because it's not good for your teeth, hum. I want to do what I want. But she's this... got great leadership qualities, I think. <laughs> like, you know, but she's not afraid to let her opinion be known. I don't know. Um, you know that I'm Team Muffin. I just love her spirit and Brio. So totally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this episode and also um, Library start the same way mm. with uh, Muffin showing some. Well, no, nah, Muffin isn't even that bad in this episode. But you know, kind of start with the premise. There's something wrong with Muffin, and mm. then lay the blame squarely at her parents' feet. And I'm not sure I'm okay with this. (laughs) And I have slandered a lot of that side of the healer family before. But, yeah, I think I'm drawing the line. Look, if if they were real people, we would have had defamation suits on our doorstep like a long time ago, really. Okay, well, you know what I have to do. (laughs) So tell me why you think Muffin rubs people the wrong way, Mary. I mean, is, is it just because she comes across as entitled or is there deeper forces at play? I think no one wants to be the parent of the bratty child, okay, because mm. and so, you know, obviously all the commentary about Muffin is from a parent perspective. There's not three-year-olds getting on Facebook and saying, I identify with Muffin, <laughs> uh, although oh, there are so a lot of people saying, <laughs> I, I have a muffin at home and this is very real to life. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's so stigmatised, the brat child and um, and by extension how the parents broke them. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> people just can't deal with, with that kind of stereotype. Um, even and possibly it's too close to the bone for them as well because, like, who are these people with perfect three-year-olds? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, I mean, even though I do feel like the brat child in kids' cartoons is quite of a trope, you know, you think mm. about, like, Angelica Pickles in The Rugrats or, um, oh, God, who else could we go with? Uh, you like know, all the Norman kids in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, <laughs> Norman Price for sure, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, like there is the the bratty, spoiled, entitled one that always causes trouble and chaos. But I think Muffin has always been, I don't know, I just, there's something very likeable about her even when she's losing her rag. So I feel like we both met her in bike as well where we established she knows what she doesn't accept and she does have persistence. And I think yes. that comes through in this episode, uh, even if it is persistence to suck her thumb. Look, if she promises to stop sucking her thumb, I can take it off. What do you think, Muffin? I want to suck my thumb! <laughs> so, yeah, we, we see this persistence to suck her thumb on the way there in the car, and Trixie's got... The response, it's obviously been much discussed, much, uh, you know, 
threatened. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is their new parenting hack. And I think it's interesting as well, kind of adding the, the background that, well, up until now, Trixie and Stripe maybe have been that kind of let your kid get away with anything parents. So them, this is them to me drawing a line in the sand, but have they picked the right line to draw? Mm, interesting. I mean, so I've probably got a different perspective just because every time I've tried to change my elder daughter Olivia's behaviour, um, it's failed spectacularly <laughs> and it's it's beaten me into a position in life where I'm just like, well, this is who she is and I love and accept her for that and if I can help her to change some of the negative behaviours, it will probably be because she wants to change it, not because uh-huh. anything I do say because, like, I can ask her to do something and she'll look me dead in the eye, just like Muffin with putting her thumb in <laughs> and, and like actually start to make it a game. Um, so if you're new to the podcast, my daughter Olivia has a very rare genetic condition, which means she has a moderate to severe intellectual and physical disability. And she is cheeky, 100% cheeky. So... <laughs> I probably started our team tricks in my parenting journey with her and then I've just had to lean full on into Chile, the like run your own race kid here when you're ready to change. <laughs> you know, because, um, yeah, like yeah. Um, you can do stuff to stop kids sucking their thumb, right? Like, you know, you get all, you hear stories about those like nail polishes that you can like paint on the fingers or babies that like they put gloves and mittens and stuff on them and yeah but then a cone is obviously a very dog themed solution (laughs) uh because we've all seen those dogs that you know have like have stitches or something that they aren't allowed to bite themselves for whatever reason um it's a pretty funny feature of this episode I guess um for that point of view but then is the is the argument the same? Like no matter what you're doing, whether it's nail polish or mittens or whatever, you can't change that with the child or like let's extend it out, all humans. Um, you can't change it unless they want to change. Mm. I'm reading a really great book at the moment. I'm reading James Clear's Atomic Habits. Have you heard mm-hmm. of it? So he's an American author, um, but he um, has become famous for writing about habits and he sort of breaks down, you know, how habits are formed and how you can improve your habits by knowing sort of the steps. And he talks about like if you want to amplify a habit, you need to do these things like, you know, make it obvious, make it easy, make it rewarding. Um, and, sure. and if you're trying to minimise a habit, you need to make it difficult, you know, to to do, you need to make it as least attractive as possible. Like, you <laughs> that know. That sounds pretty coney to me. Like, yeah. like, is he on board with cones? I think he would be on board <laughs> with like muffin cone, you know, like it fulfils a couple of the criteria, like making it difficult and not attractive to do it. Um, but I think the the difference is like he talks about um, you have to understand the reason why you're doing certain behaviour and the feeling that it's giving you and mm-hmm. um, you're not actually looking for the behaviour, you're looking for the result of the behaviour, which might be to feel relaxed or to feel relief or to feel 
um, socially uninhibited or whatever. But um, yeah, so it's it, it's been interesting having I'm sort of halfway through the book, so I'll let you know how it ends. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, just with that lens, I guess, of um, you know what is Muffin getting out of this thumb sucking, and I think mm. the start is very different to the end. And one of the things it, it, it does to me, especially in the beginning, is that attention, you know, like, um, yeah, that, that attention from mum to, to stop sucking her thumb. What is that? It's a cone. Which makes it sound almost premeditated. I was reading uh, some Facebook clickbait the other day that oh, I don't I know Facebook the source clickbait. of or the author, um, but basically <laughs> it was, uh, it was you know, one of those parenting sites and um Those it was sites. arguing like yeah <laughs> that uh you know big clickbait headline with like some uh, sort of no, listicle <laughs> there wasn't a list that would have been helpful but basically <laughs> it was making the argument that preschoolers there is no point trying to like obviously unless you're trying to keep them safe or something if they are about to do something. There is nothing you can do to stop them doing that because they've already kind of committed it to it in their head and they don't have the prefrontal cortex to go, oh, mum said not to do that, I'll I'll stop. So, so, so yeah. do you have to have then to- be like their internal safety valve going, oh, uh, no, no, and like stop them like that? Or well, like- so I guess, you know, if it's dangerous, you might have to physically stop them and Otherwise, you know, when you think about, you know, I have told you 10 times to put those shoes on and why are you still playing with that and blah, blah, blah. Actually, the only solution to this is you just doing it for them and you're not going to be putting it on for the, you know, not going to be putting their shoes on for the rest of their lives, but they do have some brain growing to do and expecting them to be able to pull themselves out of their game or their whatever they're doing to change path is an unreasonable expectation oh wow I feel like so much of the frustration of parenting is why don't you listen to me Mm. and that was a bit of a wake-up call for me well do they even have the capacity to listen like obviously yes they're hearing it sometimes it works and that then you know grows your expectation that it'll work the next time but actually it's you've just gotten lucky that it's worked and your expectation should not be that. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, I need to look I, up this bit of another one I have not yet, like, apart from prefrontal cortex, my science knowledge ends there. So, <laughs> you know, like come at me if you can explain that more or shoot it down. But um, it definitely gelled with my current experience for trying to get my kids to do anything. <laughs> so perhaps, <laughs> but perhaps I just want to cop out. Perhaps I need to take the hard decisions like Trixie. <laughs> Are you sure about this? Well, she needs to break the habit, I guess. Yeah, but Trixie doesn't seem happy that, like, let's talk about Chili because Chili senses this sort of hesitation within Trix and exploits it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, she is, uh, it's she's an enabler. Chili actually, well, I think. Definitely on the chip front, uh, an enabler. But I would say, yeah, I was. I felt it was unchilly like her tone of voice when she saw Muffin with the cone and said, "Oh, tricks, really?" Like having your parenting called out mm. is like to me that would have been. 
just like telling Muffin not to suck her thumb. Like as Trixie, I would have pushed back on that. Like, no, we are doing this. Like yeah. I have a plan. Yeah. So that moment for me didn't feel like the the supportive, uh, open-minded, chilly we all know and love. Yeah. yeah. Like I can see why Chili would be that sort of, I guess she's meant to be representing like that moderate sort of parenting voice there, mm-hmm. like let them be kids and sort of uh-huh, they'll do it yeah. when they're ready. But um, I don't know, like surely this is just an unspoken rule of parenting. If you see a, ki- a person trying to discipline their kid, you just leave them to it. Like whatever <laughs> they've got to do in that moment is up to them. But but perhaps I think you're bringing the kinder lens to this. Perhaps Chili has seen something in Trix that she knows Trixie's not convinced it's the right thing to do. But, yeah, I, I didn't see that. Well, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, on parents in general just to, like, to conform to some sort of ideal with behaviour in your kid and, um, you know, and to be hitting certain milestones where other behaviours become unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So do you think maybe that's at play like maybe um muffins just hit three and a half and aunt tricks read some clickbait on one of those <laughs> internet sites with a listicle and, <laughs> and and just went no actually you know the time has come it's a bit of tough love that's all all she needs to do is not put her thumb in her mouth it's easy like i get like that sometimes like don't you like i just am like you know what we're riding a bike this week. It's going to happen, you know, and then you have high expectations. Definitely, yeah. They usually don't oh. happen. <laughs> We've tried that several times with toilet training and it still hasn't worked. So, oh. mm. ah, same thoughts and prayers. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you just feel like the enough is enough is is a big presence in parenting, <laughs> I feel, and, and pushing back the against time has that. come, Thor Exactly, said. yeah. yeah. Um, I am 100% feeling for tricks here. Um, side note on feeling for tricks slash being tricks. Uh, it was when we recently recapped uh, Postman slash Floor is Lava, uh, we both wondered at the fact that the healers were still rocking a vacuum on wheels, not a cordless vacuum. Yeah. And I watched the episode again with Age and mentioned that and he was like, no, honey, it's Stripe and Tricks that would have the cordless vacuum. I'm like, <laughs> I am Stripe and Tricks. <laughs> uh, so that was a revelation. A and beautiful yeah. cash up, Bogan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So You'll be running for local yeah, council so in I'm no time. Identifying particularly strongly with Tricks in this episode <laughs> for <laughs> vacuum-based reasons and others. <laughs> uh, just... So relatable when Trix puts out the thing of chips and you're like, I'm trying to be healthier and you just your resolve just crumbles like the dust of Doritos staining your mouth. Like it's just uh yes. <sighs> well, one won't hurt. I've seen that quite like called out in this episode quite hard. It's like double standards, you know, you're not letting Muffin do what she wants, but you're doing what you you want. Do you think double standards applies to parenting? Like all the time. Of course, I'm not going to give the kids the same things as I get, and especially with food. Like, yeah. Oh, God. Chocolate is mummy's chocolate in our house. And it's the right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, until you're 18, 
eating the rainbow sounds pretty good, but rainbow chocolate is definitely a thing and that's that's on my side of the fence. <laughs> I just I think the vehicle of tricks not being able to stop eating the chips was actually a reminder to parents because don't you find that we have such high expectations of our kids? Every time like one of my kids is having a bad day and you're out, for example, so often people will be like, oh, they seem upset. What's the reason for that? And it's like, well, look, some days I get out of bed. I'm just in a terrible mood. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> it's not a good day. You know, you, you stumble through it and then you start again. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we have expectations that, oh, well, if all the ingredients are the same, you know, like that these little people won't experience the same feelings of that we will during a day. And I I don't know, I just, I thought, you know, so often we expect our kids to be able to process things that we find really hard ourselves. Like, oh, well, why won't they just stop doing that? You know? And it's like, well, how often are we as adults doing stuff that's uh, really difficult all, all to, the resolutions to just yeah exactly so yeah it's a really good point um and one that Trixie seems to have I guess forgotten a bit with her kind of my way or the highway approach but let's flip this episode to the other half with mm. what the kids are doing because whereas um the parents like whereas Trixie's kind of laying down the law the kids is just a story of compromise and making things work and it is gorgeous to watch it play out. Well, it is eventually. I think this, the first bit's quite, I mean, we go from humour to sadness and then to joy, really, don't we? Like, So, you know, it's it's an act in three plots. In three pl- is it, what is it? It's, it's a, a play, play in three plots. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Things. No. Oh, um, yeah, so we start off with Sandwich Shop and mm-hmm. Muffin is the sandwich person. Here, I'll help you. Here's the bread. Thank you. I mean, yeah, no one would be wanting a baby sandwich anytime soon. I think like um, Bingo's poor toy ends up being sandwiched between like other things (laughs) that are definitely not bread. Um, We also, this is one of the first pop culture references I noticed in in this episode, Mayor, with the yeah. uh, that's not a knife. Muffin, you're making a baby sandwich. It's a knife. <laughs> that's not a knife. <laughs> um, which is almost underplayed considering yeah. what a classic uh, line that is in Australianness generally. Yeah, from Crocodile Dundee with Paul Hogan, that's not a knife, this is a knife sort of thing. Um, yeah, but very cute. I don't. Who could miss that nod? Like I feel like everyone saw that as low-key as it was, right? Yeah, I was almost waiting for Bluey just to look the audience down in the eye and yeah, like yeah. raise her eyebrows just that little bit. So we haven't had a fourth wall break for a while. We need that to come back. Yeah, there was one in Midnight actually, which I guess is we know oh. that now, when um uh, when Bluey says maybe I could be a scientist and then it's like if you like and she breaks the fourth wall, looks at and says hooray and puts her eyes up. So, <laughs> oh, true, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a nod to her future career. Anyway, um, Muffin's career is definitely not in sandwiches. Like this has got sure. disaster written all over it. And it's not long before she goes off because she feels that she can't play with the girls. Um, I thought this next bit was handled really beautifully by Chili actually, Mayor. 
well, is there a game she can play with her cone? Maybe, but we want to play sandwich shop. All right. It's just, I think she's feeling a little embarrassed about her cone. Well, why can't she just not suck her thumb? She will one day. Just don't give up on her, okay? Yeah, so she doesn't say, oh, look what you've caused to tricks. She just goes to talk to the girls, yeah? Mm, mm, mm. And doesn't call out tricks to the girls either. She just very much sees, you know, sees Muffin where she's at, sees everyone where they're at and says, okay, how are we going to solve it from here? And that, yeah, meeting people where they're at, I guess, is such a big start to the process of, you know, any any personal growth or or habit forming you might want to start. Yeah. It was beautiful when the girls uh, resolved to go out and try and work things out with Muffin and find ways that they can play with her. Um, really made my heart sing actually because, I mean, we're not talking about um, disability, I guess, in this context, but um, just that visible difference and that they were prepared to sort of embrace Muffin and her abilities or lack thereof <laughs> so wholeheartedly as she was. I just thought that was such a beautiful takeaway. I was thinking of my nieces who were so amazing with Liv, like my little uh-huh. niece Rose absolutely loves Bluey as well. Um, but like every time she's with Liv uh, over summer, they usually just end up in the pool together splashing. And I remember my sister-in-law, Katrin, going up to Rose and be like, Rose, stop splashing. And she looked dead in her face and went, I'm communicating. This is how she communicates with me. And it's how <laughs> I'm communicating with Olivia. <laughs> like, you, just, like that is just the most beautiful example of empathy because Liv just loves sitting there splashing and Rose is like, right, well, I'm going to sit there and splash with her. I mean. Oh, go, Rose. Just go nailed Rose. it. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like, you know, Bingo and Bluey are modelling that too. You know, they're like, all right, well, we can't play how we wanted to play, but we'll meet you where you are. And Well, then, we're going to think of a game where your cone is okay. Really? Yeah. Thanks, Bluey. Hmm, what if we pop it down? Oh, yeah. Aunt Trixie didn't say anything about that. Oh, okay. I love how they, like, modify the the cone as well. <laughs> yes. Like, it's almost like the glow-up moment, like, of this episode. You know, like, in all those um, teen movies where, like, uh, I don't know, they take the glasses off and all oh, of a sudden oh, she's yeah, really pretty. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the the cone the cone mods, I guess, um, <laughs> just amazing. Um, and yeah, that that is an amazing take on what's happening here, Kate. Um, I I did not see that, and probably was too uh, hung up on Dorito <laughs> <laughs> to make room for that. But yeah, and it's it is the you know it is what redeems this episode. Just then seeing the absolute joy as they come up with game after game that can incorporate a muffin cone. Um, games that I think anyone would aspire to play as well. Like I've seen on Twitter a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, yep, we play Wedding Wife now, we play, and yeah, <laughs> of 
course, right? I love um, the return of our fancy restaurant uh, husband and wife combination as well. <laughs> Did they have a name in fancy restaurant? I was trying to remember without listening back to our podcast because it's not on iView at the moment. Was it Sheila? I- Oh, uh, yeah, I think uh, or is that Sheila a- and husband. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's husband, isn't it? It's like, I, I just love that, like, unreal, babe, like, yeah. <laughs> which which is my line of the episode, unreal, babe. <laughs> was it fancy restaurant or was it sleepover when oh, Muffin steals sleepover. the chips? No, yeah. you're right, you're right, it's sleepover. Um, but, yes, yeah, uh, I could I could watch Bingo be a husband just episode after episode I reckon it's it just perfect. has meme all over it like that bit where she's like thumbs up <laughs> unreal babe <laughs> so good mm. what was your line of the episode man I think um feeling like self-awareness is settling in pretty dramatically for me in this recap. So I think uh, in this episode, my favourite line is Trixie. Nah, it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, I can resist. Uh, Which, yeah, um, as much as Trixie is the bad guy in this episode um, and, well, played as the bad guy in this episode, uh, she probably has the biggest journey and... Yeah, I'm really feeling that. Um, But that said, I think Bluey is my MVP. Oh, yeah. Because she she invents all the cone games and just nails it. I have to go with Muffin. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, true. I just think it's a star performance right from word go. And then, yeah, like. And my favourite moment, Mare, is like when she becomes the sunflower in the field. (laughs) Louie, the seed is hatching. Muffin, honey, you can take off your cone now. girls are dancing around her I just like I feel almost weepy when I see that yeah and blue when she's like we love you like she bloomed with their love uh, oh there is so much in this episode oh, How did, you not cry? did you cry yeah I did when they were dancing around because I think for me I was just thinking about Olivia and her um the people in her life that love and accept her and that joy that that brings to her and I think that's the same in any relationship when you have people that love and accept you for who you are, even with your secret shames and not so secret <laughs> shames. Um, it's transformative, you know, and and you do grow, you know, in this case, blossoming into a sunflower. Meta- you know, it's a, it can be a metaphor for um, all sorts of personal growth. Ah, oh, I love it. Mm. Um, and then, like watching Trix's face when yeah, she comes actually, out and sees the girls. It was a tears moment, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But ha- having said all that, okay, so happiest place to end it, but the episode doesn't end there. No. And they're coming back next week in the car. Um, and Muffin is obviously not just. Um, 
you know, it's not a subconscious thing that the thumb's in the mouth. She's obviously being oh, no, quite this is strategic. <laughs> yeah, this is so deliberate. But, She's got the glint. But if she, Trixie's had her come to Jesus moment that actually a cone isn't the right way to go, why is the cone in the car? <laughs> <laughs> she probably just ditched it there and then didn't get to update Uncle oh, Stripe. Her car as well. No, my, my car is not like that. But, yeah, it definitely still has ditched stuff in it. So, um, <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. like, ours is like a graveyard. Like, yeah. I still got Joe's <laughs> baptismal candle just randomly in the car. Just around in the he back. got baptised oh. back in February. It's now June. Like, you know, like... <laughs> It's just in a colder. Oh, I need man. to bring it inside it's the house. In there for a reason. It's going to solve something. It's going to be the, <laughs> the Bible that takes the bullet or something like that. There will be a reason that baptismal <laughs> candle is in the car. Um, and then, okay, so thank goodness she had the cone in the car still because obviously there's another big day of cone-based playing ahead of the girls. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what did you make of the final line of this episode? Obviously you were Cone the shame, shame expert. Yeah. yeah. Well, that for me was Up. So have you, you've seen the movie Up, right, with the yes, dogs? And they, and they wear the cone and he's like, cone of shame. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, so I think that's where it would have come from. Like um, we talked about Up um, in reference to one of like the opening scenes. When we scene, talked about favourite animation, I think. Yeah, yeah in relation yeah. to Sleepy Time because, um, you know, that small sequence at the start of Up is probably the only thing that might surpass for me mm-hmm. Sleepy Time. Um, but, yeah, um, as soon as I heard that line, I was like, oh, that's Doug in Up, you know, the ah, dog going. Okay. yeah. Yeah, like master, you know, with the with the big cone <laughs> of the cone of shame, and and I think um, labeling that as well was really interesting at the end. Like the that was the emotion being felt throughout because shame is such a really complex emotion for kids to understand because a lot of adults don't even understand when they're feeling shame. And um, you know I love Brene, and her work is all about shame. If you if mm-hmm. you're not across it, just Google like Brene Brown shame, and like half a dozen TED talks come up. But yeah, and she talks about basically understanding and recognizing our own shames is the key to um, being able to be more wholehearted with our lives and bring the best out of ourselves and others. So um, I really do feel that the girls find the way to bring the best out of themselves and um, muffin and tricks by embracing this, this approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that goes back to, Trix is dealing, the shame that Trix might be dealing with, I guess, is the shame that she either feels or has been piled on her as you're not bringing your best parenting game here. Look at this brat you're raising. And He's still sucking their thumb at three. And, yeah. and sucking thumb is, st- is an outward um, an outward sign of that, that she's like, okay, I, you know. So, yeah, being motivated by shame is obviously putting everyone in a tough spot and her getting beyond that um yeah hope hopefully some Brené podcasts uh, uh, were 
involved there or are at least in her imminent future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like Chili's been listening to Dare to Lead on like repeat. Yeah, she's she's embracing her vulnerability really well. <laughs> no doubt. Um, that was fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel. I- I have learnt so much in this episode, Kate, and that is all down to you. So thank you. I feel like I'm dancing around the beautiful sunflower that is Mary Bowling right now. So, yeah, (laughs) I think um, think we're pretty much there. Have we got any mailbags or know Um, that now? I do. Um, Oh, music? Oh, music. Now, I'm just going to apologise straight up. I'll I'll think about the music and maybe report back in a future episode (laughs) because it sounded classical. But I tried everything in this little window. I mean, it's the credits just say Joff Bush, and it's very mm-hmm. nice. Like it could be, it could be something. But I haven't had time to text Joff to ask him because it's not in the credits, which is usually really helpful for me. And um, <laughs> and Intent then Ludo. <laughs> they usually put it in there, but. I don't know. It could be. It it could just be a lovely original, and mm. um, I'm I I haven't done enough research to comprehensively okay. it answer to me this like question. You're carrying shame on that, and you should not be. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just like let's hot, just babe. drop it like it's hot. Dance around in a little circle and um, make a beautiful sunflower out of it. Okay. I will I will text Joff later and just be like, anything we should have. Maybe we can do it as a future. We know that now. If he gets if he has the time to get back to us. Sounds like a plan. Um, current, we know that now's. Um, there is a couple. Um, <laughs> I always get my heart in my throat with these, like somewhere. No, no, no bad ones. Well, actually, okay, so we've heard from <laughs> okay. um, Abel in Tassie who's uh, been uh, listening slash binging, um, who had a, a question, uh, do we know that now, I guess, mm. Um he was taken with the healer number plate and the mm. reveal that maybe 419 is the exact bluey colour Yeah, uh, in the hexadecimal system. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you got that off the top of your head. That is very impressive. Um, he uh, suggests it's actually that colour is slightly more magentary than the true bluey colour and he's not convinced. Ooh. So, ooh, come at us colour people. Um, and there were a few graphic designers that yeah, were on the okay. original comment thread that were like, yeah, I've checked it and this is the thing. Okay, cool. So, well, yeah, well, we, perhaps, we, perhaps Abel just needs to change his, like, colour settings on his computer or something. But uh, I would love to continue that discussion anyway because right. I'm still geeking out of it. No, no, not now. Do you reckon like, I can Google hexadecimal 419 and see what happens? I think I did do that, yeah. And it. Oh, it is so bluey blue. <laughs> it is so bluey blue. Well, perhaps we still do know that. So, uh, but look. <laughs> Uh, I just typed, was, all right, so I just typed in four one hexadecimal four one nine color, and the first one that came up, I reckon, is the exact color of Bluey's darker blue fur. And I don't mm. have my glasses on right now, so you know, I could, <laughs> it could be purple, but um, yeah, it looks pretty good to me in my current okay, state. Well, look, anyway, everyone's entitled to their color opinion. Um, <laughs> lovely to hear from Abel in Tassie. Thanks, Abel. Um, also, uh, talked to Mark and Gabby last week, but there's so much good content coming out of those guys. I have to check back in with one more. Um, Mark sent us the cover, uh, a picture of the cover of the June 
Taste magazine oh. uh, with like a concerning news about one of our favorite characters, Pom Pom. Uh, the front cover recipe was called Pom Pom Pie. Oh, no. Uh, which uh, <laughs> was described as um, a smoky bacon with crispy, cheesy potato top and it looked like, yeah, little balls of potato. But pom-pom pie as a headline was enough to get Mark concerned. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yes, he did wonder if maybe people had been mishearing uh, pom-pom's favourite uh, line is actually – I'm a, uh, Pomeranians are a very tasty breed. Uh, <laughs> this is all getting rather dark, but I do love it, Mark. Thank you. Um, speaking of cookbooks, he also wanted to say uh, Gotta Be Done is influencing their lives in more ways than just talking about Bluey. And oh before my God. Christmas, Hedy he McKinnon? Got the com- yes, he got oh. the community cookbook. How did you know that? I don't know. It's the, probably the, <laughs> only, the only thing about. we could possibly influence people on. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, even made one of the recipes out of the community cookbook uh, for Christmas. So that was uh, great news. I'm glad more people are coming to the um, our love of salads and mentioning the salads. It all comes back to mentioning yeah. the salads, right? If you didn't listen to the barbecue episode, you probably need to go back and listen to that for our full take on the importance of a hipster salad. Back then our episodes were about 20 minutes, so it won't take you long to listen to it all, unlike this episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Just get, there's more and more to unpack, Mary. Yeah, well, exactly. Like once you get into Brené, oh, my gosh. I know, um, Jesus. We weren't doing psychological theories back then, so. <laughs> Possibly not. Just defaming uh, extended healer family. Um, <laughs> that one other uh, piece of communication uh Nathan P., who we talked about sending us his full list of 104 episodes ranked, um, made me think, okay, well, where are some of these episodes we're recapping landing? Muffin Cone, number 66 for him. Uh, And uh, last week we talked. Oh, um, Bin Night. Yeah, what was that? And Yeah, last week we talked Bin Night and... 56. So, yeah, these these latest episodes are coming down the pile for him. But um, I I think there's a lot to think should have been higher for Bin Night. I'm probably happy with Muffin Cone at 66. Yeah, well, (laughs) the problem is that they're all really strong. Like, didn't you find this season, like, they were all really, really strong. There was no asparagus moment for me. And actually, (laughs) to be fair, asparagus... I've I've warmed too. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Fair? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's still not my favourite. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. But, um, yeah, there is something like do, do you have a division now between older Bluey and the newer Blueys? Like, <sighs> like classic Bluey is like first season and then you've got the older Blueys, which is like start of second. And I think... I need I need to clean the slate and just start again because yeah it is definitely the top of my pile is always the older ones that are mm. kind of got close to my heart first. Season like one, it's part lucky one. I don't have one hundred and four children because yeah the younger <laughs> ones would just be being neglected. Greenies, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think if I clean slated, which is impossible now, um, yeah, the a lot of the more recent episodes would just. They just blow it out of the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Although uh, we, 
hopefully by now uh, for real life, Kate and Mary have seen Bluey's big play. And I have been hearing a lot of chat that asparagus uh, wands are part of the merch you can buy at Bluey's big play, uh, like switch on kind of torchy asparaguses so uh, do you really think we're gonna get there like with lockdowns uh, uh, and stuff i don't know uh future kate and mary knows so i, guess. <laughs> I don't know we can always can edit this bit out ending time space continuum but anyway uh, <laughs> there is a lot of negative reviews coming in about uh the the manufacture of those asparagus ones Why? and the that they're falling apart a bit too quickly but the fact that they've bothered to make asparagus ones probably is a fair indication that they think a lot of people like asparagus and people are obviously buying them as well. It so. was, you know, when they did that vote for your favourite Bluey episode, it was outrageously high in my opinion. Like it was five <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I don't know who was voting in that, but they need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. We're getting married. Um, I think we need to wrap this up. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. If you would like to give your opinions on asparagus wands or um, shame or um, Dorito crumbs around your mouth, whatever, whatever floats your boat, please do get in touch. You can find us on Facebook. We are at Bluey Pod or you can look up Gotta Be Done, the Blue Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Blue Podcast. On Instagram, we are at Blue Pod. And you can email us. It's blueypod at gmail.com. Please do. We love hearing from you. Kate, it's been amazing hearing from you tonight. Uh, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Is it's it night? Is it for us? Right I'm now. confused in the current time, let alone at any other time. I so. lockdown is a bit like that bit between Christmas and New Year where you don't really know what day it is. Uh that is technically true, but in no other way is it like that time because I like that time <laughs> and I do delicious not like leftovers. <laughs> There's no margaritas. Uh, it's freezing cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Okay, cool. But uh, hopefully future Kate and Mary aren't in lockdown. So no. hopefully we're at Big Bluey's Big Play. We'll wait and see if that comes uh, to fruition. Either way, uh, we will be back next week. Um, and in the meantime, it's got to be done. Be done. Bye. Oh, husband, thank you so much for taking me to the ballet show. No worries, bye. <laughs>